Welcome back to the Mackham in the Middle podcast. Another Sunderland game, this time away from home. A 3-0 win away to QPR in what I think is the third away game in London in a space of about a week and a half. Um, two goals from Jack Clark and a goal from Lugan Iron, obviously, who started in midfield. A few changes from the team. And I suppose that's where we'll start first, John. The fact that quite a few players were, I want to say dropped, weren't dropped, they were arrested. Um, Dan Neil, one of them, Edward Michu, Ahmad, um, and obviously a few other players that would probably usually start, like of Sirk and, um, and whatnot, on the bench. And to go away to QPR, albeit they're not in the best form, um, they are still a good team, they're still probably chasing playoffs come the end of the season. To go there with a rotated squad and come away with what is one of the most emphatic victories we've had so far this season just shows the depth that we do have. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be able to finally see, you know, some real, some real depth in the squad. Um, obviously, you know, years gone by, you know, I think we've brought on like Callum McFadden in the ninety-first minute, and you know, when we're like two 0 down, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, we've we've come a long way. Um, you know, and if if you look even further at the squad yesterday, you know, you're looking at Lehadji who who didn't come on, and and Jewison Bennett as well, who didn't come on, which. You would have thought sort of last twenty minutes would have would have ran them ragged if we brought those on as well. So the the depth, you know, in the in and the quality of the depth, you know, like like we said, we've had plenty of squads that have been bulked out. Um, but you know, it's it's finally, you know, quality and quantity sort of sort of mixing together and you know, that we're mixing it up as well. You know, Jack Jack Clark's obviously gone sort of, you know, central striker and we know he's you know, he's he, he's not a striker, but you know, we've we've got that flexibility. You know, um, we can talk about tactics all day long, but you know, we're we've adjusted to what you know match them up. Um, and yeah, the you know what, what can we say? A three nil, you know, win away from home. Um, you know, backing up a a hard earned you know win at, at the weekend is is all, all you can ask for. You know, and it and it could have been more to be fair. You know, you'd expect um, obviously Gail Hart. You know, maybe should have done better. Um, Ahmad obviously should have scored and Roberts maybe should have scored as well so even then you're looking at sort of you know 3-0 maybe sort of flattering you know flattering QPR a little bit Yeah and obviously the win took us up to 5th um, it was 6th when we finished the game but obviously Burnley scored a probably inevitable last minute equaliser at home to Watford so Watford dropped the loss on 47 um, obviously we're on 48 with a game in hand on them Luton have a game in hand above us, and then we are level on games with Borough, who I think play Sheffield United today. Um, so if all goes probably as expected in that game, um, we'd have a game in hand on Middlesbrough with three points difference. And like I said to Michael, I think after the last game, which was obviously the Redden game, People still write off the league position at the moment. And again, like I said, again, at that Redden podcast, I have recently as well. But we are 31 games into the season and we're fifth. There's not that long left to go. No, I think, you know, uh, ultimately we are where we are. You know, Burnley are, are top because rightly they deserve to be. And, you know, well, I couldn't even tell you he's in the bottom three. But, you know, again, they're rightly, you know, over 31 games, they rightly deserve to... To be there, you know, it's we are where we we are where we are, obviously, because that's obviously where we are. That sounds really simple. You know, it's about now can we 
can we build on that? And, you know, we've given ourselves a really, really good chance. Um, obviously, if we fall short, you know, ultimately, ultimately, we know we sort of go into the, you know, the mid-table sort of wilderness, you know, in, in this league of, you know, you could be anywhere from just above the relegation zone to just outside, you know, the playoffs. Um, so it's, you know, I, th- I think we are, we are where we are. I think we deserve to be there. We know it could have been better if we've, you know, had, uh, you know, a, a fully fit squad or at least, you know, an informed striker, you know, fit and, and, and those types of things. But ultimately, you know, like I said, we are where we are. We deserve to be there. You know, a couple of different results go in our in our favour. You know, QPR at home and those types of things, and you're probably looking at, you know, you're you're cemented well in well in the playoffs. You know, so we are in the playoffs now, and and ultimately we've got a few games in hand over a few people, and it's it's ours. You know, it's our opportunity to to grasp now, and you know, hopefully, you know, with the fearlessness of of all the young kids we've got in the squad, then you know, we uh, we absolutely do that. Yeah. I said QPR will be chasing playoffs coming into the season. Yeah, 17th. I didn't actually realise we're down there. But as has been the case for most of the season, you know, winning their next game, they're up to 11th. So it's still tight down there. Um, but on the game, the first, I suppose, 20, 25 minutes probably didn't go quite the way Sunderland wanted it to. No, I think, again, you you know, you've got a you've got to allow for you know the, the changes number one and obviously then the change in formation as well um i think us playing you know really high um with ahmad and roberts i think that you know that that keeps the ball in in their half a lot and we didn't really we didn't really have that albeit some good link up play you know eventually in the later on in the first half um so i think sometimes maybe we we take that for granted you know what our attacking you know prowess can you know, take, you know, the the ethos of of us keeping the keeping the ball away from our goal, but it seemed to be trying to trying to adapt. Which, in fairness, for a very young squad, I think they did they did really well. They sort of sat in and and battled. You know, we've we've seen countless times where you know we've gone to a, a place we sort of folded under, you know, quickly under a you know, a, a, not sucker punch, but, you know, a, a goal for the home team and you're sort of, you're up against it and you've got to try and chase a little bit. So for us to, you know, it it was tough to to adapt. Obviously, like I say, the, the players coming in, we didn't have that normal fluidity. Um, you know, for me, you know, sort of Dan Neal, I think we saw it when he came on, just, you know, just, just be a bit calm on the ball, zip the ball around. Um, you know, the, the press wasn't, wasn't as good, you know, Ahmad again helps in that, Dan Neal helps in that, um, Pritchard normally when he's playing further forward helps in that. So it was, I think it was just just getting used to adjusting and, you, and you've got to expect teams as well to to try and have a go because if they don't, you know, we we saw if if, if QPR don't take, you know, what minimal chances they did have, um, ultimately you, you obviously we know what happened, you know, you're, you're onto a hide and if, you know, if if we can actually go up a gear and turn turn it on, so it's it's, it's one of those things, you know. And, and to be fair, I thought we dealt with it, you know, really really well. Yeah. Well, despite that, um, Sunderland did take the lead, thirty four minutes in. Luke nine with the goal again. He started in midfield. Not the nicest goal we're going to score, and obviously wasn't the nicest goal of the game, which we'll get onto. Um, was from a corner though, and I think Dan Ballard won the initial header. The keeper spilled it. Elise goes in for it. I think the keeper spilled it again. Luke Nyan gets the final touch. It's in the back of the net. And I think they wanted a free kick. They thought uh, Dieng had the ball in both hands. 
Um, and it's quite questionable, that one, I think. I don't think there's too many complaints they can have with that one. No, I don't think so. Um, goalkeeper's had a, a bit of a stinker there, to be fair, by the looks of it. Uh, Makes up for the equaliser we scored against us, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we'll we'll take it. I think, you know, a lot of the defenders are more worried about is Luke Onan offside, but the goalkeeper fumbles it for for so long. You know, it, O9's still onside whilst the goalkeeper's still messing about with it. Because I thought, oh, I, I I didn't celebrate when it went in because I thought, well, he's just going to give offside. You know, the linesman would be stood there with the flag. And I waited for ages for, I think their goalkeeper runs to the linesman. And I was expecting just to see him stood there with the flag and it be disallowed. But, you know, to our credit, you know, we, we were critical against, uh, you know, Millwall when, you know, their centre-back scored that goal and how well they reacted. And obviously Honeyman, you know, when he scored his, his disallowed goal and how well he reacted, you know, it's it's good to see, you know, the shoe on the other foot and us reacting, you know, not one player, but two. Um, and, you know, supposedly both, you know, sitting defenders, obviously, albeit, you know, um, Luca Nam is playing a lot further forward today, uh, last night, sorry. Um, so it's, it's nice to see those reactions and, you know, bringing goals from from other places. We know that, you know, we're not always going to score goals with strikers and and Jack Clark and Roberts. So we, we have got to, you know, pick up, you know, the, those types of goals. And I think we probably scored at the best time because obviously it invites them on a little bit more. Um, and then sort of, you know, we, we go into the second half again, we invite them on. But, you know, we, we have to say we were still quite, quite comfortable. And when, when you do invite teams on like that and the you know, I thought they were really poor, to be fair. Um, you can then, with our quality, just go and go and pick them off. Yeah. And that was it for the first half. They finished 1-0 in the first 45. The second half started, I think QPR made one change, I think it was, just looking. Yeah, it was one change. Ethan Laird went off and KK came on. Or at least that's how Frankie was saying it on commentary. Um, and again, the, the kind of first 15, 20 minutes of the second half favoured QPR, albeit they did very little when they had the ball. Yeah, I think I think you've got to expect that. Obviously, when they went in, they probably would have got a bit of a rollicking. Um, I think Mowbray would have said, look, just control control the game, you know, control the situations and just sort of almost hold them at arm's length, you know, let them sort of have it a little bit. And, um, you know, like, like I said, on, our, on the turn, you know, we'll absolutely tear them to shreds. And you've got to expect, well, I don't think we're going to go and dominate you know, for 90 minutes. So then you've got to obviously manage, you know, the times that teams are going to have that. And if you can get through those periods, if they don't take their chances, you know, and obviously they didn't take their golden chance, um, then, like I said, you can hold them at arm's length and then you can then pick them off. And we we know we are, we're probably one of the best, you know, attacking teams and counter-attacking teams, you know, in the league. So everyone's got to be, you know, got to be wary of that. Yeah. And just looking at the stats as well, obviously QBR had most of the possession, but when you're looking at the shots and, and kind of clear-cut chances that they had, they didn't have any, some had four. They had two shots on target out of the seven shots they had in the game. And again, like I say, QBR just probably dominated possession for most of the game, but just did not much with it. And like we've alluded to there, they had one big chance, um, which could have changed the game. Uh, it was a ball in the box. I think it was Martin and Elise go up for it. Elise doesn't get a head on it. He gets a hand on it. Um, and we've conceded penalties this season that you could be questionable about. Um, but for this one, I don't think anyone had any complaints about that one being given. Albeit, at the time, I don't think anyone knew what it was given for. 
Yes, it's it's quite a strange one. Obviously, he, he, he tries to jump. I think Martin just gets a little bit higher than him. And obviously, to jump, normally you use your arms and it's it has come off his hand. Um, you know, I'm I'm not quite sure how that's given. And then, you know, you look at Sushek for West Ham at the weekend and that's not given. It's, you know, it's it's a strange one. But it's one of those, you, you obviously you have to accept it. You know, it, it does hit his hand and I'd I'd be calling for it, you know, if it was... If it was the other way around, so yeah, it's just it's just one of them. But for me, Mowbray's comment, you know, um, yeah. in his in his post match, just said, you know, even if they'd have scored, he said, I'd fancy this to still go on and win the game. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll take that. Yeah, and it wasn't the only thing he said about it because he also said that as soon as the penalty was given, he didn't think it was going to be one-one or anything like that. He had confidence in Patterson making the save from the penalty. And that's what he did. I think it was Chair took it, goes straight down the middle, Patterson obviously dives to his left, um, but gets a boot on it, plays it away. And that, albeit the second goal, is ultimately what killed the game. But that penalty save, 1-0 up, QPR's first real chance of the game, to make that save has such an impact on the game because QPR's, their heads go down. Yeah, massive impact. You know, m- moments do change games. You know, we, we've we've seen that many a time. Um, but yeah, you you know, you'd you'd fancy Patterson, you know, and like like Mowbray said, and, and you said, you know, he you know he fancied him to to save that. And you know, I've I've seen even a few people saying, well, just you know, it's just sort of hit him, and it's still a save at the end of the day. That's what he's there for to get his body there. Um, you know, I think it was it reminded me a little bit of the David Seaman one. You know, when yeah. it sort of just you know, someone's just blasted it and it's, it's hitting. But game, you know, moments, you know, change games. And like you said, it, it put their heads down. You know, I've seen the reactions of of the away fans and it's, you know, a, as good as a goal. You know, the the celebration that then gives our our players that lift. And, you know, for all, I say for all, you know, there, there's been a few whispers, you know, recently of, you know, can he do better on a few things? You know, he's only young. Um, but, you know, last night just add that to the amount of crosses that he claimed, you know, because people think he's young and they can sort of bully him. Um, you know, I thought he, I thought he was fantastic yesterday and, and commanded his area. And, you know, ultimately it's one of those, you know, he, he saves it and that gives us the, that puts momentum, I think, like you say, in our, in our favour because they're, you know, you, you would have thought then their heads drop and they're just thinking, you know, for all we've tried, it's just it's just not going to come off for us. And after that, it was, you know, I can't remember them doing anything after that. I think it was, you know, all Sunderland, you know, regardless yeah. of what, you know, possession stats say. And obviously after that, uh, Sunderland made a few changes, made four changes to be precise. Certain came on for Lise, uh, Equa for Gelhart, which was an interesting one. Daniel came on for Pritchard, Ahmad on for Abdullah Barn. Two of them, the two Latin ones, obviously combining in different passages of play to impact the game, Dan Neal with an assist, Ahmad with the assist, but it was Ahmad that assisted the second goal. Um, I didn't actually realise it was him at the time, but looking there, it was him that got the assist. Ball into Jack Clark, who at the time looked to have horribly miscontrolled it. Um, kind of stumbled over the ball, looked like the ball had just kind of got trapped under his feet. The defender was going to clear it, but I think the defender's not actually expecting that, and he kind of stumbles over it as well. Clark gets a shot off, goes under the keeper, it's 2-0, and... I say the penalty was what had a big impact on the game, but the second goal and the first goal of two from Clark is what killed the game completely. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those you know you'll you'll take you'd put your money on on Jack Clark. You know, as, as soon as you, you see him, you're thinking right, just go at your defender. You've got the ability. You know, if if he goes one v one at his defender, you know, sort of ten times, you know, 
I'd say sort of eight eight of those times you're going to get round him, and you know God knows what the defender's doing. Um, I think there was a similar one in in our box. Um, I think where someone's passed it off and and the guy's about to come in and shoot, and Trey Hume just knows to slide in, nick the ball away. You know, excellent defending for for a young lad, and you know you're talking about you know sort of championship experienced centre backs. You know, I can't remember the other guy's name, but I think it was Jimmy Dunn's the other one, um, and just just seem to sort of, you know, come in and not really, you know, do anything really sort of, like I say, almost stumble and, you know, the, the ball sort of rolls in. I don't know if the goalkeeper sees it a bit late, but he's got to be expecting the shot to that, to that area. And it just seems to, to roll in, but we'll, you know, we'll take it. And obviously there's a big shout out as well. I think it was Sirkin who, who's yeah. desired to win the ball. And, you know, he gets absolutely poleaxed once again, um, you know, second week running. Um, I think I said it at the time as well. It, was obviously the advantage played for that one. But, you know, if Sergan rolls around the floor there, you have a few Southern players around the referee, that could have easily been a red card. Oh, easily. They, you know, I think, was it Dazelle? I think he was lucky to stay on the pitch. I think I saw three times he, he should have been booked and it wasn't until right just before he was substituted that he got he got booked, you know. And, and teams, you know, limited ability teams are going to do that to us. We've got to accept that. But, you know, we're... They're sort of fouling and we're, we're sort of two passes ahead. You know, Sirkin, Sirkin wins it, plays the ball. Ahmad's already put it into Jack Clark before Sirkin gets smashed into. You know, so we've already done, you know, we, we've already done the damage. Um, so, you know, we've like we've got to be wary of those types of things, you know, and, and ride them. I know a few players got, you know, sort of smashed and, you know, those those types of things. But, you know, the quick football and the quick feet and this, the sort of fearlessness of this team, you know, if... When we get going, you know, teams are teams are in trouble. And like you say, the second goal, add that to the the penalty, uh, penalty save, and yeah, we're you know you could you could tell you know I think the boos are ringing out um, there, and obviously you could only just about hear them because obviously our end was uh, was going wild. Yeah, and two nil, the game was done. Um, QPR kind of never did anything after that, albeit they never really did anything after the penalty miss either. Um, but a three nil, which is obviously what the game finished. That is when everything kind of come together and it made the night a perfect one for Sunderland. And it was the best goal of the night as well. And it's the type of goal that Sunderland have scored quite a lot this season. Um, and again, it's a lot easier when a team's chasing the game because they do leave them pockets of space for the likes of Robert and Dan Neal or whoever else is on the pitch at the time to kind of make use of. And it was actually Equa and Dan Neal who combined for the third goal. The ball comes in at Neil. I think he plays in the equi, gets it back, a ball in Jack Clark, and it's a very good finish from Clark. Yeah, another, you know, excellent move. You know, I think it's Dan who does does the podcast with us is, you know, keeps just adding to these goals, you know, that, that we just keep keep scoring, you know, silky football, just one touch in and in and around. And uh, you know, Dan Neil makes a run. And, you know, the guy who's supposed to be tracking Dan Neal has already got his hand up, even though he's literally run from behind him. He's got his hand up to to try and say he's offside. But the movement, again, and the desire, you know, is is just unmatched, you know, by um, by teams, you know, that, that we come up against. Just, you know, Equally, where have we found him from? You know, just hasn't played any senior football at all by all accounts. And, you know, he's, he's out on the wing, holding the ball up, you know, playing one-touch football, um, you know, with... With Dan Neil, um, 
Jack Clark in the middle. I think just before, if you, you see him just out of shot, he gets smashed into by the defender, manages to get himself up. And again, his movement takes two players out of the game. And even though it looks a really hard finish for him, he'd probably say it was, you know, a, a very simple finish. And, and it's just another one to add to the, you know, um, amazing football that we're that we're playing, you know, especially, you know, away from home. Um, and, you know, thank God we are at that level because we've seen some turgid football, you know, in, in recent years. So it's it's really, really refreshing um, to see see these types of goals, you know, being scored regularly, not just, you know, we've done it once, we've done it twice, you know. I'm sure we're into double figures now of, of just really pleasing on the eye goals. Yeah. But like I said, finish 3-0 and that takes us up to 48 points and still a game in hand on some of the two, well, one team in the playoffs. Um, it's still very tight, obviously. Um, you know, three points separating ninth and fifth at the moment. So, you know, win the next game and you could be third a defeat and you can you know be back down in the mid table but I suppose the one thing that you can probably say at this point in the season um, which hopefully does not come back to bite you is you can probably stop looking over the back of your shoulder you're looking at the bottom three at the moment um, which obviously Wigan which probably comes as no surprise to anyone Huddersfield and Blackpool who are all on less than 30 points albeit have all played two games well one game less than Sunderland so I think it's safe to say possibly at this point in the season, that's no longer a worry. Although I think for large parts of the season, anyway, it wasn't. There's still, you know, you look at some of the fixtures we've got. We've still got Sheffield United to play. We've still got Burnley to play, I think. Um, obviously, we've played Middlesbrough twice. Luton, I think we've still got a player. Watford, we've still got a player. Um, the teams around us, we still have to play. Um, if you win them games, anything can happen. And... You know, not to get too far ahead of yourself, but you know the, the gap between us and second is 13 points. Granted, Sheffield United have that game at hand today at the time of recording against Middlesbrough, um, which might have already kicked off actually by now. I'm not entirely sure what time it starts, but you know you put them to play. If you win that game, it's a 10 point gap with I think 13 games left at that point. A lot can change between now and the end of the season, but if anything. No, it doesn't come of this season. We we finish mid-table, we finish, you know, wherever, or we finish in the playoffs and we don't get through it. There will be a lot to take from this season going into the next one. Yeah, of course there will. You know, I think we're in, you know, we're in very, very good, you know, sort of situation. You're looking at if we, say we fall out to mid-table, uh, you know, all of these young players would have had a season under their belts, um, you know, with the right recruitment, which you would have think, you would have thought that, that's that's the right, you know that that's all in place, you know to to then think well next season we can definitely have a real good, you know a real good go at, at going at the league. Um, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be be aiming for the playoffs. I know it's taken one game at a time by by Mowbray, um, but for me, I think if you're in and around it and you're playing as well as you are, um, you know, and and the players are in form, there's no reason why you can't. You know, you you can't stay in there. We've got games coming up who, you know, you, you'd expect to win the majority, I think, in the next sort of four. Um, and then I think after that, then, like you say, we've got the games around us. But I think every single team we've got around us, is there's probably a bit of a chip on our shoulder, you know, for us. You know, obviously, we own Norwich. You know, they didn't play very well. We battered them. We lose 1-0. Obviously, yeah. we, you know, the Burnley game, we know what happened there. Obviously, 2-0 up, 4-2, you know, so we, we maybe owe them one. Sheffield United, again, 
even with 10 men, we were probably the better team, just unlucky to lose. Um, you know, so those are the types of incentives you can say to these young players, go out and improve it. And, you know, if you do pick up those, you know, pick up even even a draw at those types of games and keeps you in the mix, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be aiming for the playoffs. But we know from from where we've come from, you know, I'd I'd probably, realistically, I'd snap your hand maybe off it anything in the top 10 but we should definitely be aiming aiming for the playoffs especially the way we're we're playing yeah three of the best we'll get through as quick as we can your top three uh first one i'd probably have to go for luco nine much the annoyance of some people um again another position um i'll probably give it's it a, it's a position of, uh, that people completely wrote off from this season as well and you know, I, th- I think he's only played there once this season, at least step from the from the start. And like I'm pretty sure you were about to say, he actually had a very good game in midfield. Yeah, very very good game. You know, we know he's not. You know, he's not always going to know positionally where to be. You know, I've, I've seen that criticism, but you know, for me, it was the you know the the all action midfielder that you know we we probably needed in there. You know, we we want we want Pritchard on the ball. You know, and we want someone else to to go around doing the dirty work, and you know, getting getting in the right position to score and and rallying people. And you know, when their uh, penalty um, is due to be taken, you know, he's down the floor with cramp. Now we know yeah. he's one of the fittest blokes in the squad. He is not going down with cramp. But I think that's one of the things as well. I mean, you forget that we signed him as what I think was a twenty-two-year-old midfielder from League Two at the time, and he's been here I think five years now. He is one of the most experienced players in the team, and there were so many times throughout the game that. He bought a foul that realistically probably wasn't a foul, but he has that experience to win it. And, you know, he, he, it's not cheating because there's contact and, you know, it probably is a foul. But the legs of Edouard Michu, there's so many times he's been under pressure, had the same kind of contact on him from an opposition player, but hasn't gone down. The referee won't give it because if players don't go down nowadays, they don't get the free kick. And Luke Nyan does that and he does it well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, like I say, he's a he's a very very experienced professional. Um, albeit he'd say, you know, he's always learning because he's always in a in a new position. I think he's just one of those, you know, the manager's not favourite player, but he's he's always impressed to have someone who just, you know, I'm sure he'd do a stint up front. You know, I think he did did say to Tony Mowbray that he could he could do a shift up front, and I'm sure he could to be just you know a pain in the ass and hold the ball up and. You know, he's he's added a goal to his game yesterday, which, you know, right position. You know, I didn't see the the strikers in that position, if 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 you know what I mean. So for me yesterday, it was just an all-round, you know, I'd say, you know, solid. It wasn't always, you know, beautiful and, and all those types of things that we see from from other players. But for me, it was a, a real good all-round, um, yeah, midfield performance. Yeah. And the other two? Uh, I've won, obviously, we've got to go with... With Patterson, you know, with with yeah. Wilson save, you know, it's fantastic. Um, but for me, a lot of the time coming and collecting collecting the crosses, which you know people say doesn't command his area. Uh, but I thought last night was, you know, it was fantastic. Um, I think he even dropped one, but managed to re to reclaim it. You know, he's still young, he's still learning. By all accounts, he's you know the England recognition is coming as well. Um, you know, so to put on a performance after that sort of news would have broken. You know, like I said, just being a young kid still. Um, you know, I thought he was I thought he was excellent last night. Uh and the third one I'll probably sneak in a uh 
I'll go. I'll go with Jack Clark. Actually, um, you know, he's had he's had a few powers. I I personally don't think he's been at his level um, for a few weeks. Um, you know, he scored some good goals against Fulham. Um, you know, but to be fair, he's he's only a kid, but he's still. You know, I think I think the Middles Middlesbrough game summed it up the first one and he had a stinker to be fair, but still called for the ball, still wanted the ball. And, you know, for me, there's been seasons gone by where we've had players, you know, sort of positively hiding, you know, just who don't who don't want the ball. But but for him, just to keep going, keep, you know, constantly demanding the ball and you know, he doesn't always get the help on his side, because obviously I'm Adam Roberts on the other side. But for, you know, for last night, I was pleased with him to to get his two goals. Again, playing out of position. Um, and you know it's ultimately it goes back to hard work and desire, and you know you'll you'll get your reward. So I'll give it to I'll give it to him. Special mention out to uh, Trey Hume. Now I thought again was was excellent. Yeah, he's been very good since he well signed really, and obviously had a couple of games in League One. Didn't get too much game time, but I always thought he impressed in the games that he did play. But Saturday is the next game, this time at home, 3 o'clock kickoff. if I'm not mistaken, Bristol City. Um, we beat them away from home. Was that the first away game of the season? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, yeah. Beat them away from home. Um, I'm going to waffle on for a couple of seconds while I check to see where they actually are in the table at the minute, and they are 15th. Yeah, mid-table-ish, what do you call? But I think they're on a, I think they're on a good run, though. Yeah, and they have a couple of games in hand on some teams above them. 30 games played, 39 points. If they win their games in hand against some of the teams near them, um, again, very similar to QPR, who surprisingly 32 games into a season, despite being 17th and, and 15th respectively, could still push for playoffs, which is mad. But, you know, it's not going to be an easy game. No game in the championship is, unless you're playing Wigan. Um, but prediction for that one? Um, I'll I'll take a two two nil home win. Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be lovely. I'll take any win at home. Um, at the moment, you know, teams are gonna, not many teams are gonna come and play us toe to toe. Not many at all, especially you know away from home. Um, so you know, I, I fully expect them to come up here and sort of frustrate. Um, you know, the best way to cut out time wasting is to is to go at them early and score early. Um, and then you know, time wasting goes out the window after that. Um, but yeah, I'll take. I'll take any win and, you know, I'll, pro- I'll probably go with a 2-0 win. Obviously, if that does happen, Sunderland could move up to third, depending on what happens in the Sheffield United game today, which will have already been played by the time this goes out. So you'll probably know what's happened in that one. Um, but I say 17, no, 15 games left to go for Sunderland this season. Um, still, you know, a good third of the season. Um, still plenty of points to play for against the teams around us. Anything can happen. But like I say, that next game is Bristol City on Saturday. We'll have something out on the Sunday talking about what happens during that. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.